Hello and welcome to the seventh episode of season two of your mom's podcast, the only podcast that's worth walking out on a date with one of Degrassi's coolest girls. I'm Caroline. And I'm Avis. And today we're talking about Degrassi season two, episodes 11 and 14, Don't Believe the Hype and Careless Whisper. Roses are red. Do sewing skills make you gay? A hate crime is committed on International Day. It's International Day for the grade nines, and everybody has put together a presentation about their culture. Though Hazel is both Somalian and Muslim, she has no problem harassing Iraqi student Fariza and lying about her heritage, claiming to be Jamaican. But when Fariza's project is vandalized, Hazel realizes, realizes she's helping to perpetuate the same hatred she's so scared to be a target of, and introduces her classmates to the real her. Over in grade 8, JT is an inspired seamster, but gets liberty to switch projects, lest the guys find out he's good at something girly. Alright, so let's dive into this episode. Yeah, um, I actually, I had a good time watching this one, which is weird for an episode, like, laden with, you know, the heavy drop of the, of the word terrorism mm-hmm. and terrorist in tandem. Um... But I feel like it was a cool, I mean, it it was nice to spend time with Hazel. I'm sad that we don't get to spend time with Hazel. (laughs) Right. And she kind of sucks in like the one episode where we get to know her. She does suck. And I dare say that like we're not supposed to like her in this episode until, and I still like her anyway. And I don't know if that's Andrea Lewis. I don't know if that is just her charisma shining through or that, the, like, I mean, the acting supports it, but the writing too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, cause at the end, you know, obviously I'm tearing up. It's this speech at the end, but all throughout, it's like, you want her to, to just embrace herself and you want to shake her like Hazel. Well, you just got like- a last name and you're doing this. <laughs> If you can't embrace yourself, fine. Like, we find out in the episode that Hazel at her old school got hate crime. She got, like, beaten up by a couple of girls and called a terrorist. Um, And so I can totally, totally sympathize with moving to a new school and saying, you know what? Not going to wear the hijab anymore. Not going to, like, talk about my culture. Mm -hmm. Just going to lay low. Yeah. What I can't sympathize with is treating somebody else the way that you were treated and like granted she doesn't other than when she shoulder checks her she doesn't like beat Fariza up or assault her no but she calls her a terrorist in the middle of the hallway yeah and she creates an environment where she could have been the person to to vandalize her um Fariza's display like not necessarily that Fariza herself thought that she was capable uh, not um th- that she was the one who did it but that she was capable of doing it just in mm-hmm. the way that she told her story to Radich. it's like right. yeah that's not a good look hazel if you're in you know you you are a suspect based on the things that you have have, have done toward this person and right. she was just existing like it, it she very much you know the one like instance where hazel is leading the conversation and actually saying interesting things and stuff with just terry in there and then Paige comes into the conversation and it's just to offset the fact that hazel's acting out basically right 
it's, it's hard just, to watch it's hard to watch it's disappointing like you don't have to embrace your culture publicly you don't have to be friends for, with Fariza. hell you don't even have to stand up for her when other people are bullying her in this like racially charged and like hate-filled way mm-hmm. but why are you like starting it yeah it's hard it's really it's really disappointing and because it's, it's it's like why is this the first thing that we get from her right the only thing the only it's the thing, only yeah. real thing we're ever gonna get oh yeah i wrote down the things that we we know about hazel from this episode other than um she is muslim um she likes curry goat she was yep. jumped at last school She wants to visit Jamaica. We don't even know if that's true. She, I think she she does she she says that specifically, but that's it. She says right. that at the stand. She says that. Well, but, no, she but, says it to the guy at the when she's getting the jerk. When chicken, she's getting the jerk. Yeah. When she's lying about how she's doing a geography project because she's always been. Oh, in so you're saying that could be so, part of the deceit, right? Right. We know. <laughs> yeah, she's lying half the time she's on screen and, you know, actively the head of this narrative. Right. So it's like we're following her and she's pushing things forward, but she is also the person that is the antagonist for an otherwise, like, you know, background character who would have just blended in and existed peacefully. <laughs> school if it were not for hazel this one episode right yeah um i feel like the one thing i did uh you know i wanted more from what they did was to i don't know possibly have some kind of room for a a bridge episode i think that they kind of make it so closed off and we know that they're just not going to visit oh she's come full circle she understands herself now we're never going to talk about this again no no there's there's nothing there's no payoff and it's and it's frustrating right because we get a lot of really great things that happen in this episode um you know we get radich Radish really shines in this episode. He's great and he is compassionate and understanding with Fariza and like no nonsense with Hazel and is like, you know, says something that I think a lot of people, maybe hopefully less so now, but that a lot of people don't necessarily think about, which is that those little instances of racism and bigotry and hatred and whatever. Mm hmm. Like, yeah, okay, if you want to look at a very, very basic scale of things that doesn't even go skin deep, yes, they're less less harmful than, like, vandalizing somebody's project or assaulting them, but but really they're not. Like, it is on par because Hazel publicly acting that way, you know, if Hazel instead, if... Hazel hadn't said the thing about them being a fashion crime and Terry had just made her dumb comment and Hazel had been like, no, actually, you know, 
probably they have hair. It's a religious thing. Da 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 da. It would have shut that shit down. Oh yeah, of course it would have. And you know, and obviously, like, and then it's shown we have these great round tables with grades seven, eight, and nine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and Terry doesn't fucking get it. Terry's Terry, actually really uh, annoying she's in worst. this episode. She's like, well, that's I don't understand. She's what about that has a five-year-old. Yeah, she has about a five-year-old perspective, and it's kind of, and I mean, just to, the way that she phrases certain things, it's very, very narrow-minded. And it's not even it, it like I, I definitely have the opinion that she is supposed to just be the most simplistic sort of, oh, I don't know how one thing has to do with the other. But obviously it's intolerance, Terry. What the fuck? Right. It shouldn't have to be spelled out for you. It's actually a very enlightened decision they have. I will point out that Kendra does say something that I don't necessarily agree with. And I think that, I think it's funny that Armstrong's reaction, like, it's I, like very I love Armstrong's reaction, but uh, Kendra just says, I'm um, Chinese. Uh, my parents are white. We're still a great family. I'm living proof that race doesn't matter. Kendra, that's not what that well, means. <laughs> right. And that's that worries me that because means. like, <laughs> What that probably means is that Kendra's being raised in a household that's like, oh, we're colorblind. And like, oh, your daughter is not shielded by your whiteness. Mm -hmm. Being your daughter does not mean that she won't navigate the world for her entire life as a Chinese girl and woman. And that is a different experience. And like, you can't just ignore that. Right. Yeah. You're, you know, you're doing her a disservice. I and mean, frankly, yeah. you're doing Spinner a disservice and you're doing yourselves a disservice. I mean, I think it's a little funny that on his pizza, I don't, I, I know he put like three kind of sausage on there, but he put a Chinese water chestnut mm-hmm. to represent Kendra. And I think that that's kind of like supposed to just be so symbolic of like, she's the token. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like and on like said- it, and it's interesting because it's like uh, there's a degree to which it's like I commend Spinner for taking a minute thinking about his sister's culture and saying you know what like she's my sister and that makes this part of my culture like I I didn't take it as her being the token I did take it as misguided but I thought that it was a like it was an endearing spirit Spinner moment for me. Oh, that yeah. he both acknowledged that that she's different from him mm-hmm. and that that they're family and that that means that she's part of him. And obviously he's not Chinese. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally. So for me, it's more that the writers may yeah. like maybe thought that and that's why they decided to include that. And like it, it definitely comes across as endearing to me of Spinner as a character, but it definitely mm-hmm. does feel a little pointed that maybe they put that in there to just, <laughs> I don't know, just be an asshole. I feel like put, but I mean, the, the whole concept of representing your heritage on a slice of pizza is hilarious anyway. Um, it, it's all very Spinner. So I'm yeah. <laughs> like, if it's supposed to just be a cute spinner moment. I took it that way also, but you know, trying to think a little critically of this shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, um, it's very much like popped into my head. Like, Oh, that's very, hmm. but 
but no, I think like I like that they've stopped classes for the day. They're dealing with this. You know, we only see three classes, but I'm assuming that every single class is sitting and having these discussions right now. Right. We're only seeing our main players. And I mean, there's still there's such a good conversation because I do appreciate just Jimmy like being a person these last like this episode Mm -hmm. and you know it it feels like he is finally starting to be more of the character he he goes on to be and he delivers the lines very well um his actor (laughs) Uh, (laughs) and I feel like it's very um it's very compelling the way he speaks about his neighbor and everything. And I'm like, okay. Well, so it made me think a lot about, I was in eighth grade when nine 11 happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sitting in science class next to one of my close friends that year who was a Muslim girl. Um, she was American, but her parents, one of them was Afghani and one of them was Pakistani. And they ended up sending us home. But Mm -hmm. while they were figuring out what to do with us, but before they brought us into the auditorium to watch Remember the Titans, because that was what they did a lot. um, They were, you know, (laughs) dude, between like seventh and ninth grade, I must have watched that movie a hundred times. And it's still one of my favorites. I fucking love that movie. Um, For us, it was Forrest Gump. (laughs) Ooh. And that's why that appreciation, Ooh. they like every history teacher ever just developed a reason. Because it, it covers so many historical events. Horribly. Horribly. And I, you know, but it's. And racistly. It's still, a, it's still a good movie. But yeah. I'm not, I, I mean, yeah, I've actually only seen it once. Oh, like, I've seen well it into so adulthood. Yeah. Um, oh, to- oh, you, and it might not be inappropriate. It's not. It was not appropriate for a classroom. I feel like, but no, we. But watched, it was shown so many times. But remember the Titans. District loved remember the Titans. Team building days, like everything. We watched it's so much. Child appropriate. So uh, I'm in eighth grade. The towers get hit. We're sitting in science class. Somebody wheels in a TV. They put on Fox News. I'm sitting next to my friend who is Muslim. And. You know, they put on Fox News. So we're hearing terrorism. We're hearing Muslim. We're hearing like all of these buzzwords. Mm -hmm. And it was the first time that I was ever like so acutely aware of someone else's feelings and not to like do that whole like, oh, I'm an empath and like presume to know what my friend was feeling. But like, like I felt intense feeling. that felt like fear and worry and what have you and like I watched her take so much shit for the rest of the year and not just from students um no of course not and I think this episode really like you know without getting too preachy and without dwelling on it or whatever really covers like very real people who had nothing to do with what happened Right. Are paying the the repercussions for it. Absolutely. And it for so long too. I mean, you think about it, it's been it's been twenty two years. So 
there was just the 22 year anniversary a couple weeks ago and now it passes by just as another day but for many years excuse me for many years afterward it was very much a time of like we have to look back as a country and see everything we've lost but no you know there's so many people who were affected and continue to be affected just by the way that they you know look in the the religion that they choose to practice but it's supposed to be the country where we're allowed to practice whatever religion we want without being persecuted but um that was just not the case for the longest time and now that the country has kind of moved on in a way and you know the building has been rebuilt in a sense not rebuilt because it's not the same building but um there's a new building that is the world the one world trade center i think that's Mm -hmm. what it's called um it's kind of like the country just feels like okay it's it's fine to move on it's been 20 years but um, I just I don't know I don't know that like because my Facebook was flooded with nine eleven posts. It is oh yeah, mine was too. And, like, well, it definitely is every year. It's, it's definitely and, I mean, we still pause, but it's it's more like it's and, not such a sad. I don't know if our memory is that deep, right? Like we're I not think- weeping anymore as a nation, but we're still so sad about it. But it's like, I don't know if the memory is there about how it felt. I mean, we'll always remember, you know, even though I was I was seven, <laughs> I remember going home from school and, you know, watching it on TV with my mom because she worked from home and just being really scared. But um, obviously they were just letting us watch that shit because they didn't know what was happening as adults. And it was very traumatic. But I definitely feel like there wasn't. Well, and then just the way that our country changed so quickly. Absolutely. And there was just a lot more security places. And, like, you you really couldn't shout bomb. Like, honestly, to shout bomb anywhere for, and I mean, you should, don't shout bomb in the airport anymore. Like, that's still not okay. But, like, you could really get, like, tackled and, well, like. it. It was an opportunity and an excuse for people to be a lot more brazen with their racism. Definitely. Um, gave, and their patriotism. And their became patriotism. It became negative. It gave... I mean, I think that it was a big catalyst for a lot of the, like, push that we are seeing now from some factions for, like, white nationalism and Christian right. nationalism. And, like... yeah. And the way that, like, you still, you can't, you can't talk about it critically. Like, have you seen people referencing Ilan Omar saying some people did something? Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And they characterize it as though, like, that's what she has to say about 9-11. And it's mm-hmm. part of a much larger quote where the gist of what she's saying is, like, this horrible thing happened. Mm-hmm. But you cannot punish an entire like multiple races and an entire creed of people because some people did something bad exactly yeah but you can't say that because then everybody's like ilan omar is a terrorist but i mean (sighs) that's it, it we we don't lump all together you know white people for what Dahmer did and for what charles manson did right and there, you know, there's a lot of other fucking crazy 
white men right. that I'm just not conjuring right, right like right now. But you know, there's it, it's definitely something to be said for minorities being lumped together by the actions of one minority. Um, right. You know, within that group, it's like okay, one of you did this, all of you did this, and it's that's kind of what Hazel's doing. That like she's signaling out Fariza as a terrorist because she is Muslim. And I mean, of course, it's a projection, but it's also she expects to be backed up in her prejudice because that's how a lot of people felt like that, like even in Canada, like 9-11 was very fresh at this point. And, you know, you know, Spinner saying people are scared was very true because for a long time people didn't know, was this the start of systematic attacks occurring in different countries? Like, are we going to like, you know, is this going to be a start of a bigger thing? And that's, I mean, you know, not that long after two, we went to war, um, which is an entire conversation that's we're not going to have, but um, it was definitely like just a culture of fear based in terrorism that you know was alive and well at this point and just starting to just gain a foothold and even in Canada where it nothing happened you know as far as a terrorist threat on their soil it was still oh, okay we're, we share a continent with these people that's close enough um we're scared too right. um I yeah. mean no I think when an act of terrorism happens anywhere yeah, it is scary. It's a reminder that it can happen anywhere. Totally. That is that's definitely true. And I, I mean, we were scared. I think that's Belgium. I think that was maybe the last like mm-hmm. large scale terrorist attack. Well, and hot take that probably we should cut, but who knows? But <laughs> like the biggest terrorists in the world are america i feel like i mean and so i think i don't think that, we should get that. <laughs> i think that was a big part of it too was like we're the country that throws our weight around we're the country that does the terrorism to have it done to us felt insulting to us like lets everybody know their place and i'm sure felt scary to everybody that like we weren't busy terrorizing yeah that does similar shit to you know other countries in their general control right. um it, or it, just like sits idly by like or, right just does nothing yeah it's definitely i it, yeah i think terrorism is so i i, I agree terrorism is so scary because it is like other acts of large scale violence, a reminder that it's anything could happen at mm. any time. And, you know, it's just another thing to live in constant vigilance about. <laughs> like, and this is too, like, I do want to make clear, like we are not trying to downplay nine 11. It was a horrible totally thing that happened. The people yeah, who no. died absolutely did not deserve to die. And I cannot, I cannot begin to fathom how scary it must have been to be a New Yorker that day. Yeah. And it's, it's not a, it's not a joke. We just have such dark. And I mean, it's, well, it's not even that we're joking about it. It's, it's just it's that, a like, dark humor. I think situation. that we, I, oh, I'm, for me, it's more like two things are true. 
9-11 was fucked up and the people who like suffered for it did not deserve to suffer for it Mm -hmm. and this country has a long long ugly history of committing acts of terrorism in other countries and of you know throwing our weight around and meddling in affairs that are none of our business right and like eventually someone fights back yeah and i mean that's 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 what happened pretty much right. it's not and i think that that's a lot of what revealed itself in the years to follow and that's why a lot of people like you know there's just a different perspective that was um incurred being someone who was in the country at the time a citizen who remembers but like from the vantage point of then and then to being now like to knowing what it is now and just seeing the full picture of the situation it's just a lot more of okay this was very much the result of many things Mm. um and and we didn't learn from it Uh, yeah i mean we're still doing a lot of things that could create another situation like 9-11 yeah. So there's yeah. Avis and Caroline's hot takes on terrorism. Yeah, of course. We, you know, we had to throw our little, the little political. Thank you for coming to our TED talk. It was fun. It was fun. Have Don't you seen to weigh in on those politics on those uh those hot button issues? <laughs> but Degrassi, it goes there. Um, have you seen that meme that's like them? The older you get, the more conservative you'll become me with each passing year slide to the left slide to the left (laughs) yes yes um all right but moving on from terrorism (laughs) are we good to cover are you good to move on to the b plot or did you have more to say about international day um yes i wanted to comment that um uh Hang on. Oh, the uh, the ADR when it's revealed that Fariza's um, project has been defaced, and mm-hmm. it's like, wow, whose project was that? Oh my god, I can't believe this happened to Degrassi. Like, there's all this ADR in the back that makes it, and I mean, it's in the middle of this super, you know, obviously the reveal music that's like damn somebody's going down for this and it's like in the background you know what you can't see anyone saying it and it's just closing up on fucking hazel's face and it's really funny and i don't know why they- <laughs> yeah like I- obviously we could tell it's Fariz's project and it becomes evident but they just had to throw all of well, that adr in there <laughs> and i just want to say in that same moment but in a completely different vein andrea lewis kills this scene because she does. we don't know yet that she's been hate crimed. She's still denying that she's Muslim or Somalian. Mm-hmm. We know something's up, but like, you know. <laughs> and and still her face conveys so much. She's afraid. And she's not afraid that it's going to get pinned on her. She's not afraid because she did it and she's going to get caught. She is clearly afraid because she knows what this is and what this means 
Right. And and I think there's a tinge of guilt there too, even though she didn't do it. Because she knows she's been shitty to Fariza. She knows what it feels like to be on the receiving end of this shit. Yeah. She created an environment where this shit could happen. And, and I mean, Andrea who knows. And she's not single-handedly responsible for Islamophobia. She's not totally at Degrassi, not. not in Canada, no. not in the world. I of mean, maybe she not. is. We're not, maybe we're she not, actually I, is. I, pretty, I, am I not blame Toby Keith, but you can blame Andrea Lewis if you like. I think what I found most, like, you know, having a deep think about what Hazel's contribution could have been, which was just her being so blatantly, you know, rude to Fariza in the hallways that, you know, of I don't know. We, we don't have the context to know if there's any other incidents in the, the hallways where um, Muslim students are getting harassed and, and called names and such. But what I think is the most likely case is that we're led to believe that Hazel created an environment where people got it in their head. Other people were inspired by just hearing her call her a terrorist. I I didn't take it that way because I think that shit at that point in time, because you like it was so alive and this well. This episode takes yeah. place in a very, very, very like early post 9-11 world. Absolutely. And like, no, I think you know, because you even got like Spinner, who's not saying like, yeah, she deserved it or yeah, we should, you know, he's not throwing slurs. He's not advocating for violence, but he's he's right. sympathizing with it. He's saying, you know, I get it. People are yeah, scared. He's saying people are scared. And I mean, that Which, is a lot of it, it was just motivated by fear. A lot of this. Mm-hmm. these reactions and I mean you can argue and I mean I will argue that Hazel is motivated by fear she is so terrified to be discovered as um, as Muslim that she is allowing Paige to think that she's Jamaican which right. it, like obviously she's not but I mean I'm not going to say obviously she's not like it's so blatantly like there's no way to really look Jamaican I just think right. that the fact that Paige assumed that she was Jamaican was like the, like it just tickled me. <laughs> it's well, like, that was probably like the only <laughs> PC ethnicity like, she could come up with. <laughs> well, if the page is like, why don't you just bring in jerk chicken? And, oh, and all you have to do like, is get some cut off shorts and some roti. <laughs> and, and she's like, I eat jerk chicken all the time, but why would I bring it in? Like, yeah. like she's so clearly not Jamaican and it has nothing to do with what she looks like and everything no. to do with the fact that you can tell she's never thought of this until you brought she's it up. She's never considered that that someone could mistake her for Jamaican. Yeah. Because she's just, I don't think, and I mean, it's it, the, it just kind of falls in her lap, obviously, but I think that it's so... Uh, it's so like the time that it was more like it, it was more appealing to be something else rather than just being Muslim. Um, I think it's kind of still alive and well, Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately. And I think you'd probably be hard pressed to find someone who would feel a hundred percent comfortable in every situation announcing that they are Muslim because there's still a lot of Islamophobia and 
people are still fucking scary right right no like, like it's and i mean like it def- like i appreciate radich saying like you know it starts with this the shit you say it starts with that like right words matter and you know they it, it might seem like oh, okay this is just something i said but like you are actively starting something that could end in something violent well, and I think it's interesting, too, for the time. And, like, certainly it is about a very, very specific thing. Mm-hmm. But, like, if you look back at that time, for lack of a better term, casual racism was basically, like, chic. Right. You know what I mean? Like... That's why a lot of stuff... Excuse me. A lot of stuff is just not aged well. Like... Right. right. <laughs> like, so much stuff just is not... Oh my god, my Gen Z and homophobia me last year, <laughs> mm-hmm. and she wanted to watch like a movie from when I was a teen, and I'm like, all right, look, I haven't watched any of these movies in a long time, and it was a different time, so I'm gonna put on something, but if it ends up being like transphobic or homophobic or fatphobic or racist, like, please do not Just... like view it as a re- reflection of me. Thank yeah. God I picked School of Rock lovely film which is not just unproblematic for the time it's just it's just it's just so lovely it's wholesome it's It's a great and it aged so well so well and so i think like that that factor was discussed even in even just in this one very specific instance was really pretty progressive for the time oh i think i mean overall this episode is very very progressive and i think it it just gives the right perspectives like of course we i mean hazel is supposed to be uh i mean she's Paige's best friend so obviously she is shown to be varying levels of bitch um so the fact that of course she's got a hidden vulnerability behind her her meanness and her bullying is no surprise like it's almost expected that that is what we're getting out of this episode but i really think that just the way the whole story plays out is very effective like the fact that you know we are seeing the bullying of someone who is just proudly and bravely being themselves in a time when it is extremely you know trying to be yourself and to be a muslim person in wearing the hijab like 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 hazel says to take the hijab on full time is a personal and important decision because you know you are easily identifiable as someone who is muslim Mm -hmm. and you know having fariza as a strong voice and not just like you know, and I mean, it's a valid portrayal either way to have her be someone who is not as outspoken, but I personally love that they chose to give her such a podium of even when Hazel comes to her and and reveals that she has been a victim of a hate crime as well. Fariza tells her, you know, and, and doesn't really show her the empathy that I think that we were expecting her to get. Right based on the, the the music and everything we're expecting Teresa to embrace her it. and like and she she's hasn't right that. no she, she hasn't. hasn't and you know what if she had come and said you know what this was really fucked up for me of me to do 
this is where it was coming from and I'm sorry it would have been a completely different thing oh yeah Fariza would have respected that it was just like and she gave her so many opportunities Mm -hmm. she gave her so many private she didn't even call her out on her last name like when she tells her oh you know I'm from Somalia she's like I know <laughs> like I know right, bitch. Babe, you're I not know. you're not low like I know who you are <laughs> like <laughs> like you could have like I gave you so many chances to just and in private I didn't call you out in front of your friends I gave you chances to talk to me about this right like you've obviously got some shit you need to unpack <laughs> Like was which where but I like go unpack from, it without my help <laughs> over there, or at least without like victimizing me. Yeah, like you want to hate yourself about this shit. Fine, don't drag me into your self hating bullshit. It. Yeah, there's it's and I respect her for that because it's like I'm not gonna. It's not my role to be the shoulder you can cry on because you've been fucking harassing me. Like, and making my life more difficult when you know what I'm going through, which is just the worst. <laughs> like, right. It's just the worst shit. So it's like, yeah, I have no sympathy for you. Just go sit mad about it, bitch. Like, <laughs> And it's also very real. Like, it's a very immature, but very realistic response to going through something like that. Like, for Hazel yeah. to then turn around and act that way. Oh, definitely. Um, it's it's very classic. And I mean, she's ultimately she's just trying to protect herself and she doesn't really know the best way to protect herself. Right. Um, and I mean, obviously, she figures out that being truthful is the best way to control, you know, what well, people I mean, I think it I think, think about it, her. And maybe that's what we're supposed to take away from it. Right. <laughs> I think, you know, it comes kind of back to that whole like that dynamic if and it can happen in a lot of situations but let's for sake of ease just go siblings you've got a household where one or both parents are abusive to at least one but not all of the children or maybe Mm -hmm. it's not maybe all of them get it but nobody's getting it at the same time Mm -hmm. it's very common for the children who aren't experiencing abuse to to a degree join in because if you're united with the bad with the bully against the scapegoat you're not the scapegoat Mm -hmm. um like it's all very human it's all very real i empathize with hazel i do empathize with hazel if this wasn't our only fucking real hazel episode i wish i would i would like like it a lot more and it would be an interesting arc to give her, like, you know, right. give her the opportunity to struggle with it a little bit more. And maybe she doesn't, you know, maybe she does have some points where she completely falls back on not wanting to embrace who she is. It's a it's a tough time to be a Muslim um, at this time, specifically. Right. But, you know, like, historically, it's always been fucking tough. Um, I also, think, I'm so sad that this is like all we're gonna get of Fariza. I think she's a great character. I think she's a phenomenal, great and they dress her so well. I don't know if she dress if she. It, it probably makes sense that these were her clothes because she's just serving. She is beautiful, and her voice is so strong. And mm-hmm. I really think that the way that she is, like portraying her character, is extremely 
it, it just goes a long way with the episode. Like, yeah. Justice like for got, fucking Fariza. Yeah, she deserved better. She deserved to go on and have her say in other fucking issues and shit. An she episode deserves. where, like, she shines and it has little to nothing to do with her being Muslim. That would be fabulous but of course we're not going to get that and i would love if someone wrote fariza fan fiction thank you <laughs> so should we uh move on over to the b plot yeah it's a good b plot it's a good b plot um and i like how they tie it in like the the overall theme of this episode is like you're best off embracing who you are um mm-hmm. and we've seen that with hazel mm-hmm and we see it again with JT, who's just naturally gifted. Well, I mean, no, he's gifted because his mother is a seamstress. His mother's still around. His mother, who's still around. Um, and so he just grew up learning from her, and she taught he's, her. He's he's he does it very and well. And he does and seem he, to have natural talent too. Right, he has a knack for it, flair for it, or whatever. I um, mean, the fucking teachers orgasming over all of liberty's purported work once liberty uh, is forced to accept credit by jt so i mean it's a whole thing that jt is just feeling emasculated Mm -hmm. by being such a good seamstress (laughs) because sean and toby sean and toby the fucking worst are like so mean to him like they team up for this one episode to fucking ruin jt's life sean at one point calls him gay t i wrote that down i'm like oh my god first of all his casual and i mean in the next episode too damn what is with sean he had to have a flaw i knew he was too perfect it was the time like and i'm not excusing it no no i think he's just probably the one who's the like next to spinner who's the most and i mean spinner even though he's very like rude he's not so it's more he's coming from a comedic standpoint which softens the blow of Uh, his words a little bit i don't think so because we're gonna see more of spinner and spinner's homophobia throughout the rest of this season i right i'm just talking about this episode this what episode we see of because we don't really see we see the next episode which i you know again i don't want to get into we see him interacting with marco but we also see sean interacting with marco but sean here is just very much like so ready to just call somebody gay and i know we all like that was definitely just the culture but his mm-hmm. is so he's not good at being like his comedic thing isn't there as a character he's not a funny character he is well, very much like a go with the flow type like you know toby's joking too so he's going tandem with toby but i don't think he's like a he's not like a jokester to where i think his shit is comedic yeah jt is a master seamster and i mean liberty fucking sucks so they uh so like last minute jt kind of devises to have liberty he hasn't even thought about it it's that like the guys see the pillow think it's his because it is his and start to make fun of him and he's like this is liberty's and right. then the teacher comes in and he's just like i'm gonna roll with it and yeah like, that's what i meant <laughs> and i don't like i don't really blame liberty for blackmailing him into doing the skirt project for her because like 
you put her in this situation. Yeah. And no, yeah, she's per I mean, I think that the entire situation is is very classic JT. I think it's funny that he is always trying to seem like the machoist man when he is like the last of his friend group to hit puberty. Right. <laughs> like he just he, he doesn't need another reason not to feel like one of the guys. Um, but it's there I just love the JT Liberty dynamic in this episode because mm-hmm. JT gets to genuinely show off a little bit and like be good at something that is not just making everybody laugh. And you can tell that he takes pride in it. Like you can tell that even though he is getting shredded to shit by Toby and Sean, that he genuinely is enjoying the praise that the teacher is giving him, but also enjoying Liberty saying, wow, you're really good. (laughs) Right. Well, and I love, you know, we see them that that scene where they're in the sewing room together and like, we're getting some vulnerability from JT. We're getting some like dropping the act. Like, no, it's a yeah. good JT episode, even with him kind of being a bummer in it. And of course he has to fucking, <laughs> he's always gotta be so creepy. Cause like Liberty outs him, Sean and Toby are making fun of him. And then this like line of girls led by Emma and Manny comes up to him at his locker and he's like, oh, ha, ha, all right, what are your jokes? Oh, and so... they're like, no, can you make us skirts? Yeah. And he's like, I'll have to measure you. His face is like... hilarious because he's like looking back at, at them and like, mm, like I'm measuring because and then Manny, of course, had to bring her own measuring tape, which right. Manny, girl. Like... Also, can we talk about how. 35 each or 60 for two of a like custom tailor made skirt, skirt is a, is great a fucking steal. It's because I'm great. guessing, yeah, but I mean, he got has it on the top material. Of oh, yeah, you know, colors and whatnot. And it's literally tailor made to fit your body. Yeah, I mean, if there's anything that JT York is, it's an entrepreneur. Right. Um, he's going to make that fucking money. And <laughs> he's like, you're going to pay me for this? Whatever money? it takes. Like, I, right, whatever it takes. Yeah, he's, and it's hilarious. I really think that he, uh, I love how in the end he gets to kind of like say fuck you to Toby and Sean. They're like, okay. Now, right. we don't know how to measure, uh, you know, anybody for, for measurements of, of a skirt, but we will learn in order to be that close. To, to right. But nobody like wants your skirts because you can't even make a fucking pillow. Oh, my gosh. And, and yeah, I, we, I have to bring it back to the classroom when um, Liberty's like, uh, it's this is JT's project, sir. Uh, compare the blood, <laughs> compare the blood on the pillow to that of mine. Forensic, sir. Right. It's so dramatic. Everything's She's so, so dramatic. dramatic. Yes. Uh, I think we ought to mosey on over to the fashion corner. Oh, yeah, that was the gay tea. You already said that. Yeah, we can definitely mosey on over to the fashion corner. All right. My favorite corner. Is it your favorite corner? This episode, I was just living for, for all of Fariza's looks. Mm-hmm. I was living for all of her looks. Um, You know, when we first see her, she's in like a... It's like just off of navy. It's like kind of like a a pale blue um uh hijab with like doily detail it's like a 
detail at the bottom that's really cute but then she has on a sky blue shirt and a cardigan and some jeans and it's very everyday but Mm -hmm. of course her outfit for the international day is like lady liberty incarnate she is so beautiful in that that shade of green like i'm living for it i'm living for it i my first one was a fashion don't which was in the like opening scene when uh Paige is handing out her fashion crime tickets mm-hmm. and like I'm sorry in that top you don't like her like, top I I don't it's the texture is interesting so it looks almost like a popcorn shirt but it's not a popcorn shirt but it's like textured yeah it's like a textured and it's pop yeah <sighs> It's very, it it is very oddly textured. I don't super love the color on her. Um, I don't super love, like, I don't hate the color on her, but she's got better colors. I don't like the style. Like, I don't like the texture. I don't like the shoulders. I'm just not (laughs) loving it. Not a fan. I actually, so I, I liked Hazel's outfit. I feel like they don't always give her a cute outfit, but I liked her um tank top it looks like it's got some uh tie-dye sort of squiggles mm-hmm. and she's got on like a track suit top like a like it's like a has matching bottoms but um and then like has that racer stripe down the shoulder and mm-hmm. her classic hoops and her headband um and i mean i we i did get a good picture of her from like the mid calf up but we i don't know what kind of jeans she has on they're black they're fine, but it's the top of her outfit that's like, okay, you look a little bit better than Paige. I mean, perhaps they said because Paige, you're about to serve looks in International Day, you're about to serve Midsommar before Midsommar was a thing. You need to settle right. down for the rest of the episode. <laughs> um, which, speaking of, yeah, Paige has taken this like traditional Ukrainian outfit and made it fashion. Um, which for her means shortening the skirt and making it a belly top but Mm -hmm. she's slaying and she's got her flower crown (laughs) I also really liked I got a shot of them out front in one of the transition scenes Mm -hmm. there's a pair of background actresses who presumably are like sisters or twins and they're in Irish dance get ups yes and the dresses are beautiful and i also I did too yes i have a soft spot for that a couple of girls that i babysat when i lived in indiana did irish dance mm-hmm. and it's just like it's a very it's something to see yeah definitely i thought and i love all really of the, the pageantry of it the dresses and the curls and the yes. like yeah they were very i like their uh the colors because one was in like uh the emerald green and the pink and then one was in like the blue the royal blue and the like burnt orange mm-hmm. they got the socks and everything and then like radish is serving like kilt <laughs> like <laughs> you better rock that kilt radish <laughs> like... i also really liked um terry is wearing like it's pretty simple she's just wearing like a blue button down Mm-hmm. Um, but her hair is kind of like messy. She's got some crimping going on, some braiding going on that's like up in a bun or a yes. pony or whatever. She's got a choker on and like these hoops. Like I think Terry looks really cute this episode. She which does. We don't get a lot of. It's very like you know, 
natural beauty, sultry, uh, like summer. But I really want to know how this is like Scottish. I mean, you didn't talking have about haggis. to dress. She was talking about haggis, right? Right. I think you didn't have to dress up. You didn't have to okay. bring food. Like you had to do a report something and then okay. like nobody cares enough about terry right now so clearly they just skipped on it they're just like just come with your hair you know like like how you do toss it a little bit um i liked kwan's i, I wish that we got to see her entire outfit mm-hmm. um but it looks like she has i i don't know that the, it's not a kimono i know that much i know that there's multiple different but you don't know which one it is. I don't know which one it is. <laughs> That's okay. Um, probably we'll figure it out for the post. However, mm-hmm. she is, she's very, like, red is her color. I don't mm-hmm. know why she doesn't wear red more often. Um, and I don't know why we don't get to see this, ent- the entirety of this dress. Right. I feel like we were robbed. And uh, Liberty's I... skirt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Or JT's skirt, rather. Go off, bitch. Well, Go Liberty's off. wearing it, so Which whoever Liberty, made it, it's Liberty's, Liberty's skirt. skirt. Liberty's skirt. It is. Right. It's she really is cute. It, it her fits skirt. her well. It's yes. like... It's no, those, it's a great skirt. Those flannel pockets, those plaid pockets. Mm-hmm. You know? Love it. Very her, too. Looks like something mm-hmm. that she would wear anyway. Um, d- Sorry, did I cut you off of one? No, no, you're good. That was my last one. Okay, my last one um, is just uh, <laughs> JT at the lockers. I, I'm a sucker for tie-dye, and I like his tie-dye at the lockers because it's, like, a little bit dark. It's got some black in there and uh, possibly some really dark green and blue, and it's just, it's like, it makes me think of JT as a flower child, which is how I prefer. <laughs> that's, that's the era I prefer to think of him as being in. But, um, I, yeah. I do have, so I didn't quite put it in Fashion Corner, um mm-hmm. but i do think that it's fashion corner adjacent okay we're still tracking it to my knowledge unless i missed him we haven't seen him this season until today the dolphin guys pants. and dolls the <laughs> dolphin pants are back i was Ella is wearing them on international day although it's just regular day for the grade eights yeah, I was going to say, Emma Nelson, you are an outfit repeater. <laughs> We've established that. Emma Nelson, I, I think, is like the biggest that's, offender. That soundbite just lives rent-free in my fucking rent-free. head. <laughs> yeah, I think it's time to... to pew, 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 pew. Pew, 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 pew. Shots fired. Fire some actual shots at some of these folks in this episode um so my first one comes at the top of the episode when um after terry posits do you think maybe they're bald under there (laughs) and ashley responds do you think maybe you're just a bit ignorant and um, snaps fingers and walks away she's so not having it um, that was a good one. My first one also is towards the top of the episode. It's Snake when he's taking roll, and he says, Michael Chuck, and then he goes, I know you're here, talking to Hazel as always. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think mine happens right after that, because, I mean, Snake talks about the International Day, 
And Spinner says, uh, I asked my mom what my culture was. She pointed at a globe and said, I was from Earth. And Paige says, good, I was worried. (laughs) (laughs) I would like to fire a shot at Spinner Mason, actually. Um, Because, one, love the, like, German, Polish, and Russian sausage on a pizza. Like, whatever, you didn't cook it long enough. Like, I don't even care about that. Love that you included Kendra with the water chestnuts. But my dude, Chinese sausage is a thing and it is delicious. I Yeah. Like it is it literally really- amazing. Why are you? And I love water chestnuts. But like <laughs> if the theme is the sausage of my people, mm-hmm. stick with sausage. The sausage of my people. <laughs> New band name. I called it. Oh, my gosh um can that be the episode title the sausage of my people the sausage of my people i think we could probably swing that um, uh my next shots fired is liberty telling jt that she's gonna tell the guys that he's the next martha stewart <laughs> <laughs> like as by way of threat which is just uh-huh. perfect <laughs> Um, did you have another one? I do. I have one more and it is <laughs> the face that Armstrong makes when mm. Kendra says that she's living proof that race doesn't matter. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I save this for the, from the deep dive, but I did put it like a point. <laughs> um, and I was like, I don't know about that, Kendra. You do kind of get yeeted from your family home girls. <laughs> <laughs> It's not this. I don't know if y'all that great of a family. Is it canon now? She got put in a canon. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, And on a slightly less fun note, but I still think it's a a very like pointed shots fired is Fariza in response to um, Hazel confessing about her being you know, a hate crime, basically. Um, Farisa says, and you, you sure learned from them. Right. Farisa I mean, wants none of your bullshit. She Hazel. really wants none of your, like, and she's untimely not bullshit. It, really. She's not. She doesn't have time for your shit. And you know what? I stand by her. <laughs> I stand by right. her rights. Um, Speaking of Farisa. Speaking of Theresa, oh this yeah, may she's, be, oh she gone. She's. I don't think we see her again, and I could be wrong. No, I, but I'm if pretty we sure do, we it's don't. Just in the background, and like yeah. this black hole hits hard. It does because she's like a very like outspoken, memorable character. She actually challenged people, and like, and Hazel. I like there's compassion there too. Like she's not taking Hazel's shit. She's not gonna feel bad at you for getting hate crime when you then turn around and hate crime her but she's not gonna out you she doesn't out her she's got plenty of opportunities right and she's like nah this is your decision to make i'm like whatever mm-hmm. but also fuck you also fuck you yeah um absolutely so you know pour one out pour for... one out for parisa damn boo and then <laughs> we have a hun we we do we do. We do. Um, Paige offers to come over to Hazel's to help her work on the project. Hazel's squirrely about it because she doesn't want 
Paige to know that her parents are Muslim. And Paige says, on the complete lack of invites to Shevu, paranoia inducing. Are we best friends or not? Um, which is a great line and also I like it when we see vulnerability from Paige I do like it when we see vulnerability from Paige especially because she admits uh, Hazel admits toward the end that she's been lying Mm -hmm. to Paige in particular for a lot longer than most people yeah Um, it's uh, obviously Miss Paige Michael Chuck is on the verge of a very long wave of redemption. Yes. Um, With some missteps here and there, because yeah. we're all human. Oh, and gosh. She's a teenager, even. Yeah, there's some things I'm just not going to accept, and, and many of them are Degrassi goes Hollywood, but whatever. Um, and so, yeah, I just, I think it's a good vulnerability moment, but I also think it's just a good, like, cap on the episode. Roses are red. Spin and Sean are homophobic. Toby's a stage five clinger, and it's making Kendra sick. Dr. Sally is back, and her timing couldn't be more perfect, as Marco is struggling with his sexuality. Spinner isn't making things any easier, as he's decided Marco is the perfect target for his newfound love of homophobic bullshit. When he tries and fails to be into Ellie, she figures things out and steps in to be his beard. Meanwhile, Toby Isaacs is smothering Kendra, and even though she's been quite clear about it, he's totally clueless. Um, so A-plot first makes the most sense, but also, God, Toby's so annoying in this episode. We'll get to it. God. <laughs> it's the less interesting plot, I think. It, oh, definitely. Because it's just like, Toby, please just let this girl breathe and listen to people when they say that maybe you shouldn't smother another person right well it's frustrating too because it's like you know what fine we're gonna do b plot first today um you know last season when you know it kind of parallels the episode with jimmy and ashley Mm -hmm. where he's over all the time and whatever and yeah the suction cup (laughs) and the difference is and it's really frustrating is like ashley is so not clear yeah that's definitely yeah ashley is so she expects jimmy to read her mind whereas kendra's just a hundred percent like is like this is too much you are doing the most and i don't like it and he's like i made us a calendar to bring it for study time did you see that like the bulk of that is smooch time yes i did i noticed that yep and she's just like, yeah, I have fucking uh, uh, hockey. Is it hockey or soccer? Yeah. I have it's soccer. Hockey. It's hockey. Okay. Oh, right. Because that comes she in the She says the hockey, next... but then we but see in her the playing scene, soccer. Where the ball was just waiting for her to kick it, she says. Right. Yeah. Continuity. Um, she says she has hockey practice. And um, <laughs> Toby says, aren't your grades just a little bit more important than that? And she's like, no, they're not. <laughs> right (laughs) just like fucking leaves (laughs) and like but she's very like she's very clear with toby like yeah dude i like spending time with you but this is a fucking lot that's a lot and he's just not getting it and like the more that she tries to establish boundaries the more he like clings on i Mm -hmm. love kendra though like even when he's all like sweet 
sad boy incel and like <laughs> literally you do but, uh, you don't like me you only like me as a friend she's, and she's like i never telling me how yeah. i feel yeah right. like i like you i just, I just also like, want space like i'm a whole yeah. ass person i'm not just your girlfriend it's and they have their first her. kiss it's cute yeah she i mean she is the kind of person that is gonna set some shit straight before she's gonna let the vibe get awkward she's like literally i like you and i want to spend time with you we're just not gonna be up each other's asses 24 7 you need to stop knock knocking at my window like you're right like <laughs> i like, want to hang out with window. sometimes and i want right. to like not Play be in my class and yeah, like come on like, now. i like you we and can please hang don't out decorate my locker ever again right just... I love Manny's like speaking from experience. She's like, "Don't do this." <laughs> she really was. She's like, "You do, you do not know what you are doing, sir." The trauma in Manny's eyes. <laughs> I decorated the locker once. Flash it, flash it back to fucking Craig saying, "Manny, it's not my locker. I don't like. It's, it's you." you. Damn, and that's Greg. that's still that's smart. The B plot, um, the it long sure and the short is. of it. It is, and I mean, oh, it's a good, it's a good B plot. I feel like, oh, I guess we could talk about. I guess we could talk about Craig and fucking not. <laughs> we could talk about Craig all day. I guess we could talk about Marco and fucking Ellie. Um, yeah, this storyline is like really tiresome in like so many ways. It's like the same episode that we got a couple episodes ago, but just a little bit more. <laughs> it's a little bit more I mean, on Marco's more part. It's more on Marco's part, but it's the same on Ellie's part. And in that she now understands her role is officially beard. She's got right. like a nameplate that's that's all like, you know, platinum and it says um it says head beard on it. <laughs> well, and it's one of those things where it's like on one hand, like I get she's looking out for her friend, but it feels so like it reeks of low self-esteem. And it reeks of I feel like she just is so blinded by the idea of Marco. And not Marco actually, because Marco actually is scattered as shit right now. And if she was really paying attention to he, how he actually was acting and not how she is hoping he'll act and trying to read positivity into everything he does, then she would see that he's awkward as fuck. He's staring at dudes all the time. And he's just genuinely, right. like, lost. Like, he is right. clearly going through some shit. <laughs> and she just doesn't yeah. want to see it. She sees him as a heartthrob, but I'm like, he's just so clearly gay. He's yeah. so clearly gay. You know, and like Ashley is like, maybe he's gay, and she gets all mad and basically calls Ashley homophobic. She's like, <laughs> I expect it from Spinner. Oh, <laughs> and it's like, it's not like Ashley's being like, ew, do you think maybe Marco likes boys? She's I, being um... like, she's being like, yo, but like, I'm just saying. Right. She's like, she's literally like, I'm just going to put my hands up. Like, you know, take it or leave it. But literally it. So during Dr. Sally's whole, um, you know, lesson to the kids, they have a Q, uh, they have a Q and a, and Paige says that her older brother knew he was gay. He was born that way. He's known his whole life. 
And then, you know, Dr. Sally says that might be true, but some people, you know, there is also the belief that it is hereditary. And Ashley just looks the little, like the, like it's the tiniest bit alarmed. <laughs> she was like, you mean like gay parents have gay kids? <laughs> like she's I mean, kind of concerned. <laughs> I, I get that though. Like if you're like, oh, like it's not even necessarily that being gay is bad, but like, it's not necessarily well received. It's not ideal. Assholes are acting. <laughs> and like, and, and like, <laughs> I feel like, okay, so, like, if you're supposed to be, air quotes, straight, mm -hmm. but you're gay, if you're, mm -hmm. the air quotes were around supposed to be, by the way, not straight. Right. Like, <laughs> if you think you're supposed to be straight, but you're actually gay, that's confusing. And I would bet that it is also confusing to, like, be straight, but be like, wait, am I supposed to be gay? I would imagine that's very, very, very confusing. So I it only get ever that. happened the other way around for me. <laughs> I get that. And I get, you know, it's better than like, I feel like they needed somebody to be like, well, but some people say it's a sin without necessarily <laughs> co-signing it. Oh my gosh. Terry just gets all the shitty lines. Yeah. Terry. Once again, bumming me out. Yeah. Um, it's like some people say it's a sin and then of course dr sally with the sage wisdom she's like what is the greater sin you know pr pretending to be living as someone you're not or uh or like being honest and or being oh or are. being a beat right or being honest about who you are and it's she obviously said it better than i did but but you know obviously they had to throw in the adr love in the back, dr like, sally oh Once she's again, so right rest she's so in right. peace sue johansson and absolutely thank you for the mark you made on the world your wisdom it, it continues to give because it's like the 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 way that attraction to uh like same-sex attraction is discussed in this classroom is going to be groundbreaking for maybe not all of the characters because some of the characters don't let that fucking perspective sink in like that it's literally it's just like like because jimmy treats it like a a foreign concept and i mean i, I suppose to him it is um just asking okay so a straight guy finds a girl hot right and dr sally says sure and so jimmy says how does a gay guy you know how does that work for the gay guy and she's like the same way that it works for the straight guy like it's just the same thing right, but, but I, he's attracted I get that to the guy it's not his experience it's not right and, and it's, it's like, just this it's the most simple thing but the way that she says it it's like it you know it's very simple the way she says it but i think it's groundbreaking for the people in that classroom because it's just sexuality was not discussed that candidly and in in the way that it's like okay i'm you know this is just what it is this is just what same sex attraction is even her saying same sex attraction was you know like oh right like what are you, you talking know, and about even jimmy same a little sex. bit is like laughing along oh yeah yeah it's that like you know i i was exposed feels like such a weird word but like <laughs> i knew about homosexuality from a young age my mom had friends who were gay my mom had friends that were lesbians my mom had uh, like one of my mom's best friends from college or maybe not best friends but like good friends from college was trans Okay. And so, like, and um, my 
he's he's the man who raised me he's my dad but technically he's my stepdad my stepdad's dad is gay like it was something that was that was talked about in my home and that like I was aware of from an early age and there was still like a little bit of being a kid and being like gay people are funny I remember one time when I was like 14 we -hmm. were at my gay grandpa's house and he and his husband got into a fight and my gay grandpa stormed off and I was in the kitchen alone with his husband Matt and Matt looked at me and he said I swear he can be such a pain in the ass sometimes and I was 14 and I had to leave the room because that was the funniest thing I had ever heard. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's different when you're exposed to it. Um, and it's just normalized. Like my older sister was gay growing up. Like she, everybody's just new. Um, she was very tomboyish. I mean, in her case, everybody knew that's not, that's, <laughs> I don't mean to say it's a blanket statement, but um, you know, Then, of course, other people in my family came out and it's just a lot of a it's a little bit of it's funny being my age and knowing that everybody in my family is pretty much is just a little bit gay. Mm -hmm. At least everybody under like 35 is just a little bit gay, I would say. And I mean, no one tells Marco either, except everyone tells Marco. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but no one tells Marco like tactfully. in a in a sense in a sense of like a sense Ellie of Ellie does Ellie she does try, she's like if you're gay that's right. okay <laughs> no seriously I mean that <laughs> right right but like it takes in her getting there yeah. oh my gosh can and I just, can I just now, say Marco. too I thought it was really funny so they go on this date and they go to this movie and it is a foreign film. Yeah, presumably with subtitles, which I think is a very interesting choice because I feel like they both were okay with that movie for two like polar opposite reasons where like for Marco, it's like, oh, we're really going to have to pay attention to this movie. So nothing's Mm going to happen. And for Ellie, it's (laughs) we're not going to understand anything so we can make out. We can just make out the whole time. Like I remember (laughs) my first boyfriend and I like we would go to the movies all the time because there were no parents and it was dark and you could make out and like whatever mm-hmm. and we would go and like I remember one time <laughs> we went to see Lord of the Rings because he'd already seen it mm-hmm. I didn't care about it and it was three <laughs> hours long but Perfect. we got there late and we had to sit right in the front and so then I had to watch Lord of the Rings and I got cock blocked by hobbits oh I was still gosh. mad about it fucking hobbits is <laughs> there's lore in our family that um my grandparents uh it took like three times seeing rosemary's baby before they actually knew what the fuck rosemary's baby was about because <laughs> they just kept going to see it in the theaters and they went twice to a drive and they just had no idea what the fuck it was about <laughs> and it took me like years to know what that joke meant right <laughs> i man I'm very honest i had no idea what that joke meant for the longest time and i was like oh they were fucking <laughs> we did not watch so many movies at that theater it was great so yeah so they both they both agree to this foreign film for very different reasons and nothing yeah. happens it's a super awkward date mm-hmm. everything's I mean, super awkward also 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 mm-hmm. you don't just go into your best friend's bedroom with your boyfriend to make out <laughs> first she is so 
the way that they're just so comfortable blatantly walking upstairs in Ashley's home to right. I, and like the way that like Ellie pops her neck out to to gesture to Marco to follow her and then he couldn't have like gone to the kitchen then snuck, snuck back to the living room he something just tried to be discreet now he just straight up went upstairs <laughs> like <laughs> And then, yes, she takes – Ellie is so fucking ready for this that she takes Marco into fucking Ashley's room. You haven't been friends very long, Ellie. This is a little distasteful. Takes her into Ashley's – uh, takes him into Ashley's room and proceeds to try to make out with him. And, I mean, he's allowing On her bed. This, right. And he's allowing this because he wants to – he wants he does not want to be gay uh you know he's he's struggling with his inner gayness or at the very least he wants to be able to truthfully tell the guys that he made out with ellie because they can tell when he's lying that he's a bad liar yeah we totally make out for like ever (laughs) right it's like in the 40 year old virgin ways talking about touching boobs he's like they were like big bags of sand it's just like, uh, yeah, you're such a liar. <laughs> like, it's it's so bad. And I really think that for me, <laughs> I appreciate how, of course, the consent is established because she kisses him and then waits and she's like, sorry. And he's like, no, that was great. <laughs> let's do it it's again. all just so painful and awkward and like it is and she if they nothing none of this would have occurred if it wasn't for her taking the initiative mm-hmm. he would have been fine just like having had that one coffee date right which right we presume they had. yeah because like her saying i always have fun with marco but she wants more like but there are so many other guys uh, i it doesn't matter uh, obviously when you want one person it, you could give a fuck about everybody else but it's just like there are so many obvious reasons why marco is not available to you one of the right. largest ones being he gay girl right he's not even bi or anything he like just this boys is, honestly i think this is an important episode and i love that fucking sujo hansen is here Mm-hmm. And I love Kendra, but overall, I hate this episode. I I, I feel yeah, same. It's just it's a lot of like <laughs> it's a lot of just like everybody's making like character appropriate choices. Mm-hmm. It's still frustrating. It is. It's very much like I. I just don't have as much fun in this episode as I want to have. Right. Um, I think that Marco and Ellie, like I tried to say just, and I think I I basically said it, but just, it feels like an elongation of the last episode we saw them in where Ellie's feelings are obviously out there. Marco isn't, you know, is either oblivious or is, dealing with his own shit we just get a little bit more of his side of okay we know he's gay we know that he's having these inner struggles but ellie's feelings are still out there she's still putting herself on the line and she's not fair it's it's not fair to her to to be dangled like to to not know uh what how marco feels but marco was making it pretty clear that he is not into ellie he just likes her as a friend gosh (laughs) 
and it's so much like you guys just this there's 20 minutes but also like you know more power to ellie because she learns some like being direct and yes and marco eventually does the right thing and begins like an important journey and like it's all it's all like important stuff it's also just like it's a chore to watch sometimes it's really frustrating to watch teenagers act like teenagers (laughs) who go figure like we want them to just make the the most obvious and direct um decision uh but yeah but you know here we are we're just not gonna get that for a while for a while but uh yeah goodness gracious ashley doing the 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 lord's work out here like he's he's probably gay boo boo Right. <laughs> um, how many times does she have to say it <laughs> until he means it <laughs> um do you want to walk us on over oh yeah to the uh to to the fashion corner my favorite corner yeah let's let's go there um so i just want to know why marco's playing basketball in a long sleeve green shirt um, I mean, I think maybe he thought it was sporty because it's got those numbers on it. <laughs> right. He's trying, okay? He is totally trying, but literally um, fucking spinners. <laughs> like, I know it's shirts versus skins, but, like, he has a full-on long-sleeve shirt on and spinners got, you know, got bare-chested. Spinners bare-chested. Um, yeah. It's a funny um, opening scene, but yeah. <laughs> I really did not love when spinner and ellie's first episode of the outfit she's wearing like a red dog collar you said ellie's first episode of the outfit okay ellie's first outfit of the episode she's wearing this like red dog collar which like fine whatever i mean it looks like a dog collar no i didn't say i'm not disputing i'm just like damn i don't know if i caught that that's crazy but she's it's like it's it's a very like it's supposed to be worn like a choker yeah and i'm i'm personally not into dog collar jewelry but like whatever it's a look but if you're gonna do the look do the look she's wearing it like very loose and i don't like it that her outfit's a little busy because it's also like she's got some um those rings that you used to use to like do a halter promets yeah like the right those circle yeah she's got one of those on to support some kind of top so it's like a layer situation but she's got the grommet on top of the ripped part of her shirt and <laughs> it's her hair she's also she's got a band she's got a headband she's got like a sweatband like it's yeah, interesting because i like feel two like ponytails or a swoop i think ponytail, yeah a high I low think, ponytail <laughs> i think very often ellie is like there's like almost an athletic flair <laughs> to her wardrobe Oh, she's so sty- like I feel like she gets way more stylized in the future, but right now she's giving me like so much chaos. It's it's insane. Like yeah. all I see is chaos when I look at her outfits for these first these first couple episodes she's been in. Damn, Ellie. Damn. And I know you didn't get dressed with the light off because it's so purposeful. Right. All of this shit is in its place. Her hair is perfectly crimped 
and mm-hmm. teased. Her fucking extensions are very well placed. <laughs> it's all very intentional. It's curated. But this sure is a what, curated like, look. Yeah, right. I don't. What the fuck? Was what she are going we curating? What anyway, are... moving, <laughs> moving um, on. Although I do have another Ellie gripe. If we want to just not yeah, go ahead. Out. So out. her second outfit, she's got this top that actually could be kind of cute. It's like a black tank top, and it's got like a stripe down the middle, mm-hmm. a wide stripe of like floral fabric that's like a pink or a red. It's mm-hmm. got two smaller stripes in the middle coming off, uh, not quite coming off of it that are the same color and then four blue stripes two at the top two at the bottom they're a little diagonal that are like a blue floral it's a cute top until she british flag a little bit yeah it kind of looks like the union jack yeah but she pairs it with this like gray and black plaid skirt Mm -hmm. and then she's also got like i guess they're supposed to be like leggings under it but they're like so baggy didn't she wear this before? I don't possibly. I don't know, oh but it's a bad God. outfit, and I hate it's it. Very bad because, like the, it's the the bagginess of the pants of the right. Of they the don't tights. look like leggings. Like it looks like you're yeah. wearing a skirt over like black jeans. I don't like. It, I Ellie. don't. I I. I'm not here I for have, it. Like, I like the PTSD top from that, but yeah, yeah. I like the, top the skirt. Is fine. Her hair looks the same as the day before, but I like the top and I like the skirt individually, but just together. It's just, it's a lot. I did not like that, nor did I ask for it. Um, What do you have for your fashion corner, though? So I like Terry's top in Dr. Sally's class, but upon further inspection, I think it's an outfit repeat. It's a keyhole top. Yeah, no, it's fine. She kind of has it covered up with a um like a a hoodie but it's like a keyhole top it's white and it has like flower detail and i'm pretty sure that she wore it before but also i needed to shout out to dr sally herself serving looks yes, same serving fucking looks in her like- high-waisted blacks like jeans and her like l- like kind of lime green yellowish mm-hmm. like rolled up but it's up. very like badass canadian grandma where like she's gonna go tell off your no good boyfriend who will ex-boyfriend who won't leave you alone mm-hmm. then she's gonna take you to tim hortons and then y'all are gonna go for a hike <laughs> and she's gonna talk to you very frankly about sex the whole time i'm gonna make it my mission to go get like a tea at tim hortons because one of the people the influencers i follow has a thing for like tea and she swears it tastes different from tim hortons and i'm like i'm not gonna go to canada just for this purpose but because i'm you know co-hosting a degrassi podcast i'm just gonna manifest going to toronto for completely podcast related reasons reasons. and yeah and i could just get tim hortons and expense it Right, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like um. <clears throat> oh, do you? Oh, right, we did Marco's shirt. Okay, Marco's shirt when he kisses Ellie, it's mm-hmm. like uh, I like him in like bright colors. Um, and I think the orange, the orangey red, sort of shirt really pops. But that's you know he's also going to kiss Ellie, so mm-hmm. um. But it's he's got it looks like what's on the like the corners of the American dollar bill, 
with the like the treasury stamp the mm-hmm. eagle whatever that emblem yeah that's i what... wish you could see the posturing it was <laughs> just did to be an eagle. <laughs> um, no i know now that, looks. now that we're hinting at marco being gay he gets to be stylish love that for him i do love that for him yeah he does he's got the like they're giving him the looks i'm gonna say even though like the it's oh 88 is the number that he's wearing on his green long sleeve when he's playing basketball even though he's wearing it and it's out of place he's serving it like it looks good on Mm -hmm. him green looks good on him still um and then my last one was kendra's shirt at jt's locker i don't um sorry at toby's locker I don't know what that emblem, I don't know what that like design is on her shirt, but I like the style of it. It's like a baby blue shirt and it's Mm -hmm. got um, like high sleeves up basically on the tops of her uh, shoulders and their little pink cap sleeve so it's it's a really cute i mean she kind of wears variations of this sort of style of yeah, shirt, it's very but i like this shirt specifically like no none of her other shirts stood out as much maybe it's because blue is the actress's color mm-hmm. whereas they tend to dress her in like pink a lot of pink and stuff but yeah i like that shirt yeah no i agree with that <clears throat> Oh, and um, Paige's jacket in Dr. Sally's class. Yes, that pink, like, denim or faux denim or whatever. It's very cute. It's very cute, yeah. And I did have a side character um, when Ellie's... So we're basically supposed to be focusing on Ellie in the background with her dog collar outfit on. She's got that outfit. And <laughs> the character actually looks like she could be, like, a 20-something-year-old woman. But she's got this, like, brown and black and white tan striped shirt and it's like it might be a chevron print but like it's very vibrant and it stood out and that screen grab is going to be on the socials because it is a little (laughs) bit hard to describe and it's a blink if you missed it moment but i kind of think that when we're supposed to be looking at ellie i was looking at this woman so (laughs) (laughs) so yeah that's my that's my fashion well with that let's leave the fashion corner and uh Go down to where the shots are fired. Pew, 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 pew. Shots fired. <laughs> My first one is um, when Ellie's asking Marco about her outfit, and he's like, clearly not interested because he's gay. <laughs> and like, he might care if it was good fashion, but it's not. <laughs> right. And he says, I think you look hipper than hip, which just doesn't. <laughs> really genuine and then also feels kind of backhanded it does it's very much like a little bit petty um Mm -hmm. (laughs) um, (laughs) uh i don't think i mentioned this in the deep dive and it is tech i don't know if it's a it's kind of a shots fire because kendra is talking about how jay uh i keep making this mistake how toby is obsessed and um uh, what is her friend's name again? You told me that. You told me. Nadia. Nadia. Thank you. I am. I, I feel like if don't listeners don't hate me if I fucking forgot Nadia. I know that she there's like head cannons that she could have been utilized way more than she was. And she could have. Oh, she could but have, she but... is barely a character. Um, but Nadia 
um, is basically saying, I think that she thinks it's cute that Toby is so lovesick over her. And <laughs> Kendra says, and kind of obsessed. And she makes a very dopey face to um, make fun of how Toby is looking in at her through the, yeah. the window. And that screen grab will also be on the socials because it's very funny. Um <laughs> My other one was Jimmy at Spinner in the locker room when he's yet a again like making ha ha Marco's gay Marco's a girl jokes, and like Jimmy can tell that Marco's getting sick of it. Maybe he doesn't know why, but he can tell that Marco's had enough, and he's like, "Dude, you're good for like one joke a year, and you tell it over and over and over." <laughs> um, uh, that's funny. I, I love I love Jimmy roasting spinner but um toby uh kendra uh, kendra and toby are talking and she basically says that jt might have a point and toby says jt a point that is a new one <laughs> yeah i love it um and i marco i have next marco sneezing so that he doesn't have to hold ellie's hand in yeah the, in the movie theater because yeah damn um and uh, next i have kendra opening her locker and tearing the paper that uh that is part of the display that toby is right she gives no put on her locker this, she and she's not, not gonna hide it she's like i've got to get in my fucking locker this is too much right now um, and my last one is ashley commenting after fucking marco very boldly just goes up her fucking stairs looking for a cup of water <laughs> She says, I didn't know my kitchen was upstairs. <laughs> Maybe he's going to, you know, take a, a page out of your book last summer and drink from <laughs> the fucking toilet. Oh, gosh. Oh, good. Yeah, that was the thing they made her say. Even on E. Yeah. Right? A, B, C, D, E. You ready to wrap this on up? Yeah, yeah. Um, so you are shining it. stars and super bummers. Yeah, so we'll bring it on back to Don't Believe the Hype. Uh, uh, yeah. We talked about this a little bit beforehand, I think. Um, we did. Yeah, our, our shining star. Our shining star is is Daniel Radich this episode. He really <laughs> shines. He really... Mm -hmm. He advocates for Fariza. He calls hazel out on her shit he explains how ra racism and like how comments like hazels don't exist in a vacuum right um you kind of get the feeling too like i think he knows a little bit where this shit from hazel is coming from oh yeah you know and and he's not gonna call her on it but he's gonna be like hey maybe you need to think about this and it yeah he's definitely he handles an authoritative figure that they need in this situation he handles the situation with aplomb mm -hmm. very classy radich and it, it i think he just makes fariza feel like you know this advocated for yeah right the school right very advocated for um and then i, I would love to give it to Fariza too, but um, she's a but she's a plot device, not a character. A plot device, which is a not a fucking character. crime. It is, but she would totally be a shining star because she is a shining star. But you know, just not for this purpose. Um, I was throwing Jimmy and Ash in there just for the sake of not being shit buckets, and more right. Ash than Jimmy because I think Ash like actually 
goes out of her way to speak up against Islamophobia and the instances while her friends are doing it. Yes, and the people that like her friends are that like it's very hard to to, like. And like she, I think that's very newly been welcomed back into that fold. Exactly, but just to like go against those right those people that she has have just uh, has just like reconciled with and still like no i'm gonna call you on your bullshit because this is not okay like you guys did this shit right in front of me and right, like like this is the this is what happens when you do this like goofy ass shit right like terry and, you yeah. were making fun of her hijab and like it would be one thing if you were making fun of like her outfit like you make fun of everybody else's outfit like that's fine right you could pick on the muslim girl for wearing an ugly shirt but when you make jokes about her hijab, it's racist and it's bigoted and it's gross and it contributes to the problem. And like, yeah. go Ashley for speaking out. Absolutely. And Jimmy just, you know, basically Jimmy doesn't talk- get to shine a lot. He so. doesn't get to shine a lot. And he does. He did not bum me out. He actually made me feel yep. a little bit of warm and fuzzy because he spoke up and just saying that, like, being scared is not a, a defense against being ignorant and violent and hateful yeah um so go jimmy go radish go, go jimmy. ash i don't think they're Ra- i feel like jimmy and ash there. for me are honorable honorable mentions. mentions well yeah they're not on the same tier as radish but they're they're in the same party um they're in the they same get a, they get a they get a fist bump but uh yeah i don't think anybody else in this episode nope. like was shining for me just my bummer was was terry Uh, mine were hazel and jt and terry um i didn't think about and like hazel and jt both of them i very much understand where it's coming from Uh still not okay still disappointing still bummed me out and jt what really cinched it for me is like i don't like how like creepy jt is i don't like how little respect he has for women and girls <laughs> yeah that's i ain't gonna get no better but um yeah i mean he was a bummer i did not put him i did not put uh hazel either i focus terry terry's i don't know why she well i do know why she just sucked she sucked this episode so <laughs> that's fair. yeah for me it was terry but yeah i definitely see your point about jt and hazel um respect <laughs> yeah uh what about for careless whisper um i'm gonna so my shining stars uh, i really want to say dr sally doing the lord i mean yes dr sally dr sally doesn't even have to be in the episode she it is just a given dr She's... sally is a shining star of the degrassi community Great. Um, um, I only really had one though. Who? Kendra. Because she was, yeah, she's very articulate and like straightforward with her feelings. And I mean, she yeah. doesn't, she does not let Toby suffer. She just, and she's very, you know, kind about it. Um, even though it creeps her out, <laughs> she's very right. sweet towards him in her delivery of you know i need some space we don't need to be up each other's asses so yeah i'll do that that's right um do you have any other shining stars nah nah i know my super bummers though okay hit me 
It's gotta be it's gotta be spinner for the just the casual use of like I mean spinner and Sean for the casual use yeah. of fag. Mm-hmm. Um and we can bleep that or take it out, but it's obviously very prevalent throughout the episode. Um <sighs> Toby for me. Yeah. I hate when Toby's a little baby incel, you know. Yeah. And I mean I I don't want to put I, Ellie just really bummed me out, man. Ellie just really bummed me out. And I feel like it's bad if I don't want to put Marco in there with her. But just um I don't I never like the energy I, that Ellie gives in this situation with Marco. It's always so like I'm just laying myself down for you to shit on me whenever you get the time. I understand that. It's and it's funny cuz for me I didn't have Ellie as a super bummer. Mm-hmm. I did have Marco and it is primarily because like if Ellie wants to be your beard and agrees to be your beard that's one thing yeah. but like she's being like she's being really out of character she's opening up to you she's being vulnerable she's telling you how she feels yeah. she's being direct and I get that, like, you're trying to figure shit out. I get that you want to like her. It would be easier if you could just like her. Mm-hmm. I sympathize with that. But, like, it's just not cool to dick her around like that. I do agree. I don't appreciate how he manipulates her because he knows that he he can go in there. Yeah. He, I feel like he probably more deserves that than she does because he actively... There are times throughout this episode where he is deceiving her because he would like to be to remain in a certain light. Whereas I feel like like I don't I don't think that that Ellie deserves to be a shining star. But I think we see real growth with Ellie in this episode. And I like that for her. Well, I'm proud of you, Caroline. Well, I'm proud of you for thinking she's a super bummer. <laughs> shall we uh, shall we answer the age old question? Absolutely. Except can you can we redo that and can you lead us into it? Because I noticed that I just call it the age old question a lot and I don't want to do that all the fucking time. Okay. So now we have to ask the question of all questions. Does it go there? Does it go there? Does it go there? I think absolutely yes in Don't Believe the Hype. Mm-hmm. I think like a lukewarm yes to Careless Whisper. Mm. I agree with the lukewarm yes only because there are some issues that they tackle in here. But I do feel like they there's other, like this is this is a the, the gayness issue is oft discussed in in Degrassi and this is just one of many gay episodes um right I and, think and it, it, for being one of the first with a character that we actually are following and that's a kid and not just like mm-hmm. a one-off character like Ashley's dad that we're never going to see again. Hey, well, now we, we see, see him again. again. We see him again, but he's not a kid. He's not one of our actual right. characters. So to see that Marco's, you know, struggling with his sexuality and stuff, that for that, it absolutely is 
trying to go there but it it's i think it makes it to the first pit stop of the gay student journey (laughs) it's a long road you know you gotta stop for the night sometimes and and i think it's a good start i think it's an exhausting episode to watch Mm -hmm. it's an important episode it is an important episode i don't know if it would be more or less exhausting if i related to it it's exhausting either way. I'll be yeah. honest. <laughs> yeah. it, that it is. It's exhausting that. baseline, but then having any relation or understanding of being in the closet is, and it's just another layer of exhaustion. Exactly. Trust. trust. Um, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's lukewarm. You know. It goes there, and we've got a full on, it goes there. So, I mean. There's just no doubt that that don't believe the hype. That was. Thank you for listening to your mom's podcast. Next week, JT learns that maybe women are people too and hot for teacher. And Sean is experimenting with new and exciting poor coping mechanisms in message in a bottle. This episode of your mom's podcast was brought to you by the Crescent Moon Caribbean Restaurant, the Department of Homeland Security, and support from listeners like you. If you'd like to further support our show, you can follow our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram and Twitter at YMPadcast and TikTok at Your Mom's Padcast. You can also visit our website at www.padcast.com. Your Mom's Padcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you feel so inclined, subscriptions and reviews are another great way to support the show. And if you'd like to support us financially, you can subscribe to our Patreon at www.patreon.com forward slash your mom's podcast. And remember, that's podcast. P-A-H-D-C-A-S-T. Thank you.